so welcome, welcome to the mission. I don't think I have my mic on, so I'm going to turn it on. There you go. So that was my fault. That was my bad. All right, so uh, my name's Mark. You guys probably know me. I'm one of the, the teaching team here at the, at the mission, and, and I'm so glad you're all here today. I know it's raining outside, and it's kind of hard to get here. We were just joking. Um, some uh, Brian and Jody, they lived in New York, and they're like, yeah, this is not weather. Like, for Southern California, this is, this is Armageddon. So I was really appreciate you guys getting here, um, getting through all that rain. So um, it's been a really awesome month this, this month at our church as we've kind of counted down to our three-year anniversary. As we talked about, next week is our third year being being the mission. And I know that's that's crazy to me because, well, most of you weren't here when I started, but we are, I was so excited about celebrating that together as a church family. And um, and as I said, next week we're going we're gonna to celebrate, but we're also going to have um, these things. So um, this is Awesome, and and we're gonna bring people, and we're gonna have have a party. Um, my wife's part of the party planning committee, so I'm I can neither confirm nor deny that there might be some '80s wigs there. So I mean, this is this is gonna be awesome. You're not gonna want to miss it. Please invite your friends. Please invite those people like you, like Jason was asking that you have a relationship with that that you just haven't had that chance to to, to bring them. Next week is a perfect time for that. So um, we've been ta- going through this series called Radical Love. And the last several weeks we've entitled, um, you know, we've kind of gone through the first church in Acts. That first church that ever was able to spread from a group of people the size of this room to the ends of the earth. That community believers that was just really, they, they started in that upper room like we talked about at the very beginning of this sermon series. And they spread out and uh, made God's radical love contagious throughout the whole world. So I think it's been really important series for us to ground us back to who we are as a church and why we exist and how we as a church plan to live out God's radical love in the next year. So as a, a, again, we were, I'm going to kind of recap this sermon series really quickly. As we talked about the first week, they began in the upper room where Jesus ate with his disciples. You know, when we, when we celebrate communion, that last supper, that was really kind of the the, the place where they all went back to after Jesus left and said, the small band of followers, they were in it for good. They were like, they were like, yes, we're going to do this. This is what Jesus has called us to do. They prepared themselves to step in to the moment which God had prepared them from the very beginning of time, really. The moment that all the generations of Israelites had hoped for for centuries. And when that time came, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spread the good news of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. This, this Jewish carpenter who otherwise shouldn't have been anything big, but he was the Savior of the world who rose from the dead and, and came to save the whole world. And they spread that incredible news of what they had seen and heard. They spread it like a virus throughout the community of Jerusalem, Judea, and the ends of the earth. In fact, this movement in the account of Acts is why we're all here today and we can have this church service. Because those people did things that, that made the gospel spread throughout the world. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. So how did they do this? They connected with people that were different from them. Not just those who were Jewish. Because see, Jesus was Jewish. And the apostles, they were Jewish. But they connected to people that were different than them. People that were not church people as we think of it today. 
they knew that the message of the good news of Jesus was for all people, for the whole world. Not just the clean and put together and people that looked like them. Not just the people that, that smelled like them. Not, not just pe- people that ate like them. Not just people that were in their political party, but the whole world. And they connected with all people. And, and, and so they connected. And as Ricardo talked about last week, they grew in the faith by committing themselves to the teachings of the apostles. Those apostles who, who were with Jesus, who had seen what Jesus could do. He had, they, they, they believed what Jesus taught them. And they were teaching it to everyone. They committed themselves to that teaching. They committed themselves to the fellowship. And, and Ricardo talked about the fellowship last week. And I'm always sensitive because some people sitting out here may not know what a fellowship is. It sounds like a church word to me. So, uh, or either that or the Lord of the Rings word to, to me. Um, and I'm not a big fan of Lord of the Rings. So I always like to define fellowship. So fellowship is, I love how the message puts it. It actually says living life together. They devoted themselves to living life together. And that is how the gospel of the message the message of the gospel spread throughout the, throughout the community they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles to living life together to prayer and to eating together in their homes remembering what Jesus had done for them so they grew together in the faith and finally as we talk about today these earlier followers of Jesus they began to live out their faith through serving each other through serving their community right around them, and through serving to the ends of the earth, to the world. So as we begin to wrap up our series on the vision for what God is calling us to here at the mission, I want to remind us that we've learned so far about what, who we are at the mission through the study of Acts. And through that study of really that early church, the first church. Okay, So the mission is a growing community. Growing is important. A growing community living out God's radical love. And the radical love, we're going to talk a little bit about today. What does that look like? It looks like serving others and caring for others. Slide two, our mission at the mission is to make God's radical love contagious. That's what our mission is. That's who we are, and that's what our mission is, to make it contagious. And finally, we're going to accomplish this. As Jason said, we're going to do a brand new radical thing. We're going to con- accomplish this by what? Connecting with the community, growing in faith, and serving Jesus. So that's who we are. That's what we plan to do. That's how we plan to do it. So today we're going to look at a story in Acts 6. And I know most of you are probably thinking, wait, we've only done like Acts 1 through 5, 6 is all we're going to get through today. No, don't worry. I'm going to get through you through all of Acts today. So sit back and relax. We're going to go through all of the rest of Acts all today. I know you guys are smart, though, so you're going to keep up with me. Don't, don't worry. It's not going to be a big, big deal. I, don't, there's no football game anyway, so you guys can just chill out. We'll be, we'll be done soon. All right. So in Acts 6, we get to a tipping point, really an important tipping point in the growth of the church. At a point in which Jesus' followers, they could have all focused inward. They could have all worked on the urgent needs of their own church community or their own immediate community. They... Instead, they begin to look outward to what God was calling them toward. So there's a crisis, and we're going to get to that crisis. There's this difficult situation within their church, and the apostles, they have a dilemma. So let's read about it right here. So Acts 6, verses 1 through 7. I'm reading it in NIV. I know we all kind of do different translations up here, so just just bear with me in the NIV. Um, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing... 
The Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So, so there's this, this tension between those who were Jewish and those who were not Jewish. That's the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebraic Jews. Those, those are the, that's the tension they had. And so the twelve, those apostles, the ones that were with Jesus, the twelve gathered all the disciples together, meaning the whole congregation basically, and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men, we could just say seven people, among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. And we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to the prayer, to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And this proposal pleased the whole group. So they chose Stephen, a man of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch. Get this, a convert to Judaism. He wasn't even a, a Jew before he heard this message of Jesus. He wasn't even part of the Christian community and before this. It was a new person. And they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests came, became obedient to the faith. So they had a problem. There was an issue within their community and, and people weren't being taken care of properly. As the radical love that they had started spread out through the city of Jerusalem, the Jesus followers, they were known for feeding the poor, for feeding the widows, for taking care of orphans in their community. In fact, it was an amazing ministry that, that people who were not Christians, actually historians or, or people who were writing about those times, wrote about how Christianity, how Christians took care of each other and took care of the community. So they were known for this. And they radically loved each other within their church, like we talked about the first, the first time I preached. And they radically loved their community. But, apparently from this story, we realize that those 12 apostles, those, those guys who were with Jesus, who were teaching and preaching this gospel of love, they weren't really that great at administrating this food program. So, so people started complaining or, or, or getting worried and, and saying, what's going on? They weren't skilled at the administration piece of it. And it's not like they didn't want to help the widows and the orphans. They didn't, it wasn't like they just ignored them. It wasn't like they said, oh, this isn't good. No. They knew that this was important. This is what God was, this was what Jesus told them to do. You know, take care of your neighbor, love your neighbor, take care of the poor. Those, that was what Jesus was calling them to do, but they knew what their gifts were. They, were. they couldn't help just telling about what they had seen and heard. And so that was their gift. And they had a dilemma. But as we've talked about in this message, the dilemma was that there was the Jewish people that were that and the non-Jewish people and they needed to they needed this message was for all people not just for one or the other and so they had this disparity and and the thing is if if I was in their position I would probably step in and say okay let's make sure that this gets right this gets fixed up but the the way that the apostles dealt with this this changed the movement of Christianity forever I believe that the way that the apostles dealt with this issue was so instructive to all of us here at the mission in the 21st century in the middle of Redlands. See, the first thing that the apostles did was they brought together all of the believers and, and they, they looked at the congregation, just like a room like this, and said, look, there's people that need help. Let's find seven of you guys to come and, and figure this out. It's not, I can't 
do it. I can't wait on tables and, and preach and, you know, play music. I don't know what they did back then. But the apostles said, I, I, we can't all do it ourselves. We need help. And my initial instinct, like I said before, is, is always to step in and do it myself. And I'm, I'm sure the apostles probably felt the same way. They're like, yeah, we know what Jesus taught us to do. Let's just do that. We know how to do it. Um, we saw Jesus doing it. Let's just do it. Um, my wife reminds me of this all the time, that I have to say no sometimes so that others can step in and do what God is calling them to do. Maybe it's just me, but I like to say yes to everything, <laughs> which sometimes impairs, Jason said that, that I do, right? My wife's not here, so I'm going to pick on Jason. Just, I like to say yes to everything. Um, but sometimes that impairs my ability to do those things that I am uniquely gifted to do. And I don't know if that hits anybody else, but sometimes we get so busy doing things that sound good that we just don't do the things that God is really calling us to do that are best. But the apostles, they did something so different in that moment. They, they really empowered those in the group that had passion and energy and expertise in serving that group. They, they, they brought somebody who was even from the group that felt slighted. You know, he was a n- new convert. And they said, help us out with this. And I must have, I'm wondering like what it felt like to be one of those seven guys who was in charge now of, of this piece of important ministry. It must have been kind of scary, like stepping out of their comfort zone. I'm sure they didn't really feel ready to do it. And they felt like, i got to make decisions about feeding the poor, and this is something that Jesus has told us so much. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm serving Jesus right now by serving this, this widow. But the apostles knew that if they were going to be able to get the word out to the ends of the earth, they couldn't be waiting tables simply because it seemed like the most urgent need at the time. See, in our world, we can get sidetracked by that tyranny of the urgent. The tyranny of the urgent. The nagging of those things that seem so important, but ultimately don't serve God's plan. And we can lose sight of the vision which God is calling us towards. See, the apostles, they needed to be doing what was in their sweet spot. Preaching the gospel to all that would listen. But those seven guys... They needed to be doing what was in their sweet spot, which was taking care of the poor. And one of the most incredible gifts that I think we have here at the mission is that we have an emerging core team of, of leaders and people who are stepping up, who are passionate about serving the mission. Yes. They see what needs to be done, and they find what is in their sweet spot, and they say yes. That's who we need to be as, the, as a mission family. We as a mission family, we must be known as a group of people who step into our gifts and say yes when things need to be done for the mission, but also for the community and for the world. So you see, as we all know, each of us has different gifts and and we can serve in different roles, whether it's teaching like me or playing bass or prayer or playing uh, playing with kids or singing or I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's painting a fence or building a house for somebody in another country. Maybe it's making visits to people who can't make it to church. There's something that each of you is uniquely gifted to do. And you need to step into it and say yes. Not only just here at the mission, but in our community. There's needs out there 
that we need to step into. You guys see him. I might not see him. But we need to step in and say yes. And there's people hurting who haven't ever heard the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the world. And we need to step in and say yes. Sometimes we can believe that our job as Christians or Christ followers is just to show up to church. You know, show up on Sunday, hey, give myself a pat on the back and then we go back to our work and our lives and doing things that we do. We do it in a Christian way, in a nice way. We're happy people, but, but truthfully, we're not making an effect on our community. We're not changing the world as these apostles and these, and these early believers did. We need to get out of our comfort zone sometimes. And, and, and these apostles, they didn't need to be dragged down by what was the most urgent or pressing or loudest needs. They needed to continue to press on to build the kingdom that Jesus came to proclaim by using their gifts in their fullest capacity. And you see, Jesus had already told them what they needed to do. We've been saying it throughout this series. It's in Acts verse, uh, chapter 1, verses, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. It's like in Redlands. In Judea. It might be like in the Inland Empire. In Samaria. Maybe Southern California. I don't know. To, but this is a piece that's really important. It's to the ends of the earth. They didn't reach people, lost people, who were all the way across the world from them in their mind. They couldn't let the urgent, the hectic, the details, the administrative stuff get in the way of the bigger picture. See, they had bigger fish to fry. They needed to reach the ends of the earth. And if they became inward focused and only spent their time dealing with the needs of the members of the, of the people that already knew the good news, that wasn't going to get them anywhere. And this is where we talk about the rest of Acts. So again, if you'd like me to read it, we can do that, but that's probably going to take a while. So um, I was thinking what we could do is just talk about the rest of the book of Acts. From this point on, what happens is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ spreads throughout the world. So what did it look like? Let's bring up a map of Acts. And this is about the best map I could get off of Google Images. So, um, so, so um, right over here, this little tiny place over here, gosh, can't even find it, right there, it's Jerusalem. And the book of Acts is drawn out throughout this rest of this picture, all the way over to Rome. All these little dots are places that are mentioned in Paul's ministry. And, 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 not just Paul, but there was other churches that were planted in each of these places. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that the impact of that? And the apostles on that Acts six story could have just said, "You know, you're right. We got to f- take care of the stuff that and make sure that this all get, go, runs well. Let me get, let me step in and do it myself." But instead, they say, "You guys do this. We got way bigger fish to fry." They knew how far Rome was. It wasn't just like, you know, you get on a plane and it takes three hours to get there. It was, it was a trek to get there. It was months of travel. So they didn't have time to mess around with the little stuff. So, I want you to imagine yourself sitting in a room like this, in a town like Redlands, because Jerusalem was a similar size at that time, at least depending on which scholar you look at. But 
Imagine a number of a group of people in the in, in a room this size, about this size, a number of people, and they knew that Jesus called them to live out God's radical love for each other, to grow in faith together, and to serve the needs of their surrounding community, their neighbors. But they also knew that Jesus called them to the ends of the earth. And so they felt that call. And those seven men, they stepped up and they began the movement of people serving from where they stood. They didn't wait for somebody else to do it. And this act of courage, it represented that what countless followers of Jesus have done ever since. As you read through the rest of Acts, it's like a testimony to people serving despite discomfort and despite being persecuted so that the name of Jesus Christ and his radical love for us would reach the ends of the earth. And this Jesus movement, it reached the ends of the earth because each person was using their gifts and abilities and taking a step outside of their comfort zone to make God's radical love contagious throughout the world. That's it. And that's why we're here today. And, and, and this is why the mission is so focused on serving our community and serving the world because we believe God is calling us to a vision that is so much bigger than what we can even imagine. And we can't be focused just on ourselves or inwardly. I wanted to mention this because I think it's, it's, a, it's a risk we take. See, each of us needs to be part of serving in some way. But not in every way. And that's, that's the message that I take from this as well. Because I, my risk is that I like to just, I want to do everything. Like I, I feel like I have to be part of everything. And if you ever feel like that, I, I just want you to realize that the, the message of this story also says, you've got to let, you got to empower people to do what they need, what they are gifted to do. Not just try and do it all yourself. I came from a church, the Grove, where Pastor Tom would often talk to us about a rule that he had about service, about serving in in different areas of the church. And he says, everyone needs to serve at least in one area. At least in one area. Everybody in this room needs to be serving somewhere within, within the church. But if you're doing in more than three areas... You're stretching yourself too thin and you're, and you're getting too far outside of your sweet spot. And I think that's what the apostles understood. And that's what I need to understand too. So I, I just wanted to, to mention that because I think it's really key. So as we've done over the past few weeks, we've, we've introduced you to some of our leaders over Connect, Grow, and Serve. And, and they're going to be working alongside of all of us together. And they're kind of like our seven, Right? Kind of the ones that stepped in and said, "Yeah, let's do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of needs that I see." But I want us all to be part of that movement to to make to make ourselves part of this seven and then seventy-seven and seven hundred and seventy-seven, seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven. So that's what we see as as the first step, though, is saying yes being willing to step into what God is calling us to personally here at the mission. So Jason and I, are the, we're going to bring up Jeff and Angelica um, Allen. They're the leaders of the serve component. They've, they've stepped in and said, this is something that we're gifted to do. This is, 
their calling. And uh, I'm really, I'm, I, they have a huge passion for service. We were talking on Friday night about this, and I'm so thankful for you guys and so excited for you guys to be part of this. And, and um, we're gonna, we have a lot to look forward to on this. So um, why don't we, why don't we, well, okay, you guys are there. Okay. It's kind of like Maury Povich. Hopefully, no, it's not yours. It's, it's not yours. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I said this is kind of like the Maury Povich show. Oh, you guys want to come over here? I'm so. Where's the musical that's supposed to go with the musical chair? Welcome, guys. I'm pretty sure Maury is way more organized than we. Hi. Hi, Jason. Good job, man. It's sounded oh. really good out there. Thank you. Thank um, you. Man, uh, so Jeff and Angelica have been a part of our church for uh, quite a while now, and I've had the joy of just getting to know them over the years, and just two incredibly loving, solid people. And so uh, I just want to know, like, how did you guys meet briefly? How did we meet? You, you can do that. Okay. <laughs> um. We actually worked at Amor Ministries. It's a ministry that builds homes for the poor down in um, in Mexico, and their um, office is down in San Diego. So um, I was a single mom working in the office. He was a missionary working in the field. So we met in the office. Awesome. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's very that's how it cool. Always... So... She smelled good, by the way. <laughs> I didn't smell good. She walked in the office and there was perfume in the office. <laughs> we were stinky missionaries. She came in and I was like, like I was like, dude, there's a woman in the office. That's awesome. And she smells good. That's so good. So, um, and by the way, Angelica is extremely shy. So every time she speaks into the mic, we should just like give her thunderous applause. Woo! So. <laughs> Right, yeah. (laughs) So, but so you guys have been a part of the mission for over two years now, right? Like, what what brought you to the mission? Um, Yeah, I'll tell the story. Have you ever seen the mission mission or the business cards that are out in the foyer? There's like those little cards. Have you guys ever seen them? Mm -hmm. We were we went to Martha Green's for lunch, which we never or breakfast or something with my boss, which we never ever ever do. It was like the first time we'd been there. Like, yeah, you gotta have this stuffed. What's that? Some weird thing. That's that's it right there. Like you gotta have this. We weren't impressed, but (laughs) but as we were as we're sitting there waiting for them to get there, I saw this card, and and at the time we weren't in church at all. We'd been sort of away from being in church life for almost. Like three years, I think, at that point. Well, that I will get more to that later. But, um, but yeah, we saw this card, and it just said the mission, and I went. Just I felt this tug in my heart. I'm like, we need to go there on Sunday, and we did. And we came there, and we met Aaron and Jason, and my heart just like broke. And I'm like one of the. I'm like Jeremiah. I cry a lot. Just be ready for that. <laughs> like the crying prophet. But, but we just saw him. We came here, and we were just like. This this is safe. This is a good place for us to be. This is a this is an awesome community. Yeah. Felt the love. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember the first Sunday you guys were here. Yeah. So it was awesome. It was so so the moral of the story is when you go to lunch today, leave a card on the table. <laughs> but also leave a tip, please. Yes. Don't Not as a tip. <laughs> All right. So how do you guys see people in this room 
serving the mission. Do that. I can start. Okay, you start. I think one of the things that um, it's in my heart for everyone to serve in the mission. There are so many things that you can um, do here. You can either um, help out, um, either setting up in the morning, um, cleaning up after after service, mm-hmm. um, helping with the with the children's ministry, with the youth. Um, and, and the worship team, so many things to 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 serve here, mm-hmm. um, and we need you. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, that's good. And I probably should have said this first, but Angelica just said it a minute ago. I I always refer to myself as a recovering pastor, and some people don't know what that means. And if you know me, you do. But um, but this is the last time I'm going to use that term, by the way, just so you know it. But when we um, we served in ministry for a number of years um, as missionaries, as a pastor and wife and pastor and in a lot of different areas. And I found that as a, as a pastor, we kind of tend to feel like, and I'll speak from, from a pastor's seat for right now, um, I think sometimes we look at the church and we go, it's my job to do everything. That's kind of our attitude. We, I mean, and, and, and it's not accurate at all. There's nothing biblical about that at all. But we sort of take on that attitude. But at the same time, the church kind of buys into it and says, yes, pastor's job. That's, you know, you only work one day of the week. I mean, Christ. Shouldn't you, be, shouldn't you be mowing the lawn and taking care of babies and cleaning the bathroom? And, and so we sometimes feel that responsibility as pastors to step in. But what the Bible says in Ephesians 4.11, and I'll, can I read it to you guys? Do you mind if I do that for just a second? Sure. Just going to take a minute. Ephesians? Ephesians 4.11. And it says... Um, if I can find it now. It says this in, in verse 11 of, chap- yeah, of chapter 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach full unity or till we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the full measure or the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so that scripture really has always struck me because it's, it's a pastor's job is not to do all the stuff. It's about equipping all of us to do all the stuff. And, and I mean, well, not all the stuff, but according to our gifts. And so, you know, that's kind of why, why we've stepped into it is we kind of feel like we know what that's like to bend like these, like the atlases of, of church that want to carry the whole church on your shoulders and realize that as a result of that, what it leads to is, is it leads to a lot of immaturity in the body of Christ and a lot of unfulfilled Christians because they're like, yeah, I got all this stuff. Yeah, and for sure. And great. and so we, um, in, in, within our community context, we we want to begin to reach out further. Like we serve the Blessing Center, um, some of us a few times a month. Um, what what can we be doing? Um, these people in this room, all of us, what can we be doing within our community context? Well, one of the things that, that we've talked about that Angelica and I have been kind of dreaming about, in fact, Pastor Jason and others have come out and said, we want you to start dreaming. We want you to, to dream big for, for the mission. And so we have been. We've been kind of seeking out this God-sized dream. And so, you know, we want to continue doing what we've been doing. 
with with the Blessing Center because that's something that is that's actively serving our community in a powerful and dramatic way. But at the same time, we want to we want to move beyond that. Um, there are people within our community that that um, well, they desperately need to hear the gospel, but oftentimes they have other things kind of standing in their way. So we want to. I think we've had some ideas and we've sort of brainstormed some things about how we can be more involved in our community, whether that be working through like our, our community center. Um, some of you are really gifted with kids. You love kids. Um, and so we've got some community stuff that happens with our youth that, that they just need people just to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, in some respect, it might be, like for me, I have a passion for gardening. And that sounds kind of weird. <laughs> we can do ministry and gardening. But there's a community garden that, that the U of R sort of works with. And, mm-hmm. and so during the school year, people are out there picking stuff from the garden. And they, then they, I don't know what they do with it at that point, but... But they need people to help with it during the off-season when school's not going on, which is summertime, which is kind of harvest season. And they collect that stuff and they and they give it to the Blessing Center. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have some other ideas, and this isn't the time to share all of it. But but we want to be more involved in our community and not just be this place on a corner where we come and, and sort of become it's just us here on this corner. We want yeah. to do we want to do more. And I think what, what Mark shared today. You know, one of the things that was just amazing is that is that the church spread when people got involved, when it came off the shoulders of the apostles, and went on the people that live in the community that are brushing up against the shoulders of people, and they see that need. People don't always come in the door to, to say, "Hey, I need something." You know, sometimes we have to go out and go, "I recognize it, mm-hmm. and I want to I want to be a part of that." Absolutely, so, so absolutely. And we want to work with the city as well because they oftentimes know about stuff that we don't know. Absolutely. That's great. Great, and let's talk about how the church, our church, the mission, plans on serving the world. Because I think one of the things we can get, uh, just like the apostles, um, you know, they could focus on that local community, their church community, or even the local community. But that was, we, the plan was to get to the ends of the earth and talk about how we, we see that. I can start. Um, one of the things that we would love to do is start on doing mission trips. Mm-hmm. Um, going on mission trips, we can start in Mexico, which is closest to us, and then, you know, go further down and, and, and go maybe, I don't know, go to China or <laughs> just, just we're dreaming big, big right now. So um, I know we need to start with baby steps, um, but that is um, our dream to be able to do mission trips and where we have so many kids that it's going to take three vans to mm-hmm. to go down to Mexico. But um, that that is in our hearts, and I know yep. God is going to do amazing things. And um, yeah, and so, um, but I think the other part of that is is addressing where where we're called to. We're not going to as servants. We don't want to. Ask people to go into places where they're where they're not called, and so for some of us it might be outside of our community in, a, in an international manner of going and doing. But some of it might be about doing preparations here and, and helping teach people, like whether it be with our kids and helping instruct our kids mm-hmm. to help them be sent, um, or working with missionaries that are already a part of the CMA mm-hmm. or outside the CMA and, yep. and kind of working with them as well and finding out more. So we want to get more information about people that are already out there doing it and finding out ways how we can be a part of that, whether it be going or supporting financially or by yeah. just, yeah. Definitely. And so this is one of the most exciting 
things in this next season as the mission. Um, for me personally, it's been a deep desire um, in my wife's heart since we came to the mission um, three and a half years ago um, uh, to have um, missions trips and world missions, um, you know, because um, you you go on these trips and you and you see how other people um, live and and what their actual needs are, not just their wants, but their actual needs, you know, and and it opens your eyes to how much you have and and how you know we take for granted so much, and that's something I really want for my kids. And I know my wife has had a huge desire for that. So that's, that's a really exciting thing for me in this next season as we begin to look into what it takes to take baby steps towards having missions trips and stuff. So I hope you guys will dream about that with us and pray about that with us and, um, and just encourage these guys. And we're so glad and thankful to have them. And uh, so, yeah. Thank you guys so much. All right. I'm surrounded by a great crowd of stools. Um, not a cr- <laughs> It's in Hebrews or something, right? All right. Um, so the, that's kind of our vision, and and as we kind of step into that, I, I hope that you find something that excites you, something that you're passionate about. Because our, our job here at the end of, of making disciples is really that we would make servants. Just like Jesus was a servant to all of us, that we would serve the mission. You know, that we would serve our community and that we're going to serve the world. And that's, that's the end result of all of the work that we're, that we're doing here. So ultimately what followers of Jesus are called to do is really serve. And so let's step into the roles that we're uniquely gifted to. I, I don't know what it looks like for you. Like I said, there's some ideas here. Maybe there's some ideas that you have. Talk with Jeff and Angelica about that. I think this is a really exciting time. Imagine if each person in this room had the courage to step a little outside of their comfort zone and, and took the step that those seven guys in Acts did. To see a need in our church and to fill it. To see hurting and broken people in our community and being Jesus for those people. Or to be so broken hearted about people who do not know the name of Jesus throughout the ends of the earth that we're willing to sacrifice our own comfort and our own stuff. And I'm going to say it once more. We at the mission, we're a growing community. We're living out God's radical love. And our mission is to make God's love contagious. We're going to do that because we're going to connect with our community. We're going to grow together in faith. And we're going to serve Jesus. We're going to serve Jesus here at the mission. We're going to serve Jesus there, outside, in our community. And we're going to serve Jesus to the ends of the earth. Because that is what he called us to do. So don't forget to come back next week. Because next week is the party. No more me preaching. Um, Next week is our third anniversary, and we got sunglasses for you. And um, I want you to invite your friends, invite your neighbors. Nobody could pass these up. Come on. There's going to be food and wigs. I don't know what we're all going to do. It's, it's going to be awesome. I, 
Wigs was kind of a secret. I wasn't going to tell you, but I really like the wig idea. How can you not have a party without, like, I don't know. Well, maybe it's just because I don't have any hair. I, I like wigs. So let's have an amazing party celebrating what God has done here at the mission and what God is going to do through the mission. And as the ushers come forward and the worship team comes up, let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much for these seven men. Thank you so much for preserving the story about what these people were willing to do to step out of their comfort zone, to see the needs in the community and to step in and do something about it, God. To serve. God, we just ask that you would fill us, fill us with a need to serve you. Help us have the courage to step out and take that first step. And God, help us to have the wisdom to know what you're calling us to do. Help us to not try and do it all ourselves. Not to just leave it to the pastors or to other people, to the leaders, but to, to really seek who, what you're calling us to do, what you're calling, how you're calling us to serve, God. And God, as, as, as our tithes and offerings are brought to you, God, I just ask that you would multiply them. Help, help us to be a church that's serving our communities through, through bringing what we have and, and, and just giving it out. God, we just ask that, that you would bless Bless this time of offering and, and, the, and the bringing of our of what we have. God bless it to throughout the, the rest of the world. God, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray.